Although Heather Resler was diagnosed with celiac disease age 16, she loves baking. She's used a gluten-free and paleo lifestyle to improve her celiac symptoms as well as help other members of the family overcome food intolerance problems as well. Here's her story. Good morning, Heather, and welcome to the Low Carb Paleo Show. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. And Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderfully well, thank you, Alan. And good to see you too, Heather. And I hope Hi. you're both doing wonderfully well too. Yep. So, Heather, your friend Sadie Radiski told us about your wonderful paleo products. And, um, you know, that made us curious. And uh, you are the creator behind Cookula Paleo and share your paleo interpretations of regular American baking and cooking recipes. Can you tell us about your personal path to Cookula Paleo? Yeah, totally. So first I want to say thanks again for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, I met Sadie at uh, Paleo FX, actually, and we had so much fun. Um, but yeah, no, I found Paleo like back around the time when you would Google Paleo and like it would be just dinosaurs like mm. show up. Like there was no Paleo <laughs> anything. I think I was like 14 at the time. Um, and so there was one blog and it was Sarah Fergoso's Everyday Paleo. I don't know if you guys heard of that. Um, yeah. Is awesome. So her first book, Everyday Paleo, um, I was like, mom, we need to get this cookbook. It looks so amazing. And so we got it. And um, the introduction to that book talks a lot about the, like just how paleo works, good foods, bad foods, uh, very simple. And her personal uh, journey to paleo and to health. And she has this way of like very being very inspiring. And I was like, you need to we need to do this. We need to try paleo. Um, and so I went paleo when I was 14. Um, so that was about six years ago at this point. Um, and uh, yeah, just because there was no blogs, there was no recipes. I found nothing. So I just started making my own recipes. The first recipe I ever made was a, um, it was a chicken meatball recipe, which was, uh, which it was kind of a funny recipe. If I made it today, I'd probably be like, what was I doing? Mm. But, um, but I think it was pretty good for a 15 year old. Um, I had a little Weebly website and I just started putting up recipes. I shared recipes with my friends. Uh, most of my family is, is paleo now, or my immediate family is paleo now, uh, as a result of that. And, um, so yeah, that's kind of how I got started and I didn't really look back and, uh, just finding out I'm kind of a geek. I love like all of the healthy, food stuff and the biochemistry of how the insulin works with the leptin and this and that and the other thing. And uh, it was it was really just kind of a gold mine of information for me. Right. You, are, you and I have that in common. I'm a yeah. food geek too. Um, but we need to get back a little further. Uh, why did you look for paleo? Do you have any uh, yeah. food allergies? Yeah, so I am uh, I'm celiac. I have intolerance to gluten. Um, and then actually I was dealing with a lot of digestive issues and, um, headaches. I had terrible migraines. Um, and you know, it was, there was just nothing that I could do. I had a lot of anxiety as well. Um, and the, and going, getting gluten out and then going paleo as a result, um, kind of really helped with that. And I think it was getting the gluten out, which kind of helped with the headaches and that sort of stuff. And then the reason I love paleo is because it's not just, 
gluten-free, it's also lots of healthy foods and nutrient density that is so much more nutrient dense than like a typical American diet or typical American gluten-free diet, as I like to call it, because it's basically very similar. Right. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like why I got into it. And that's, and then once I started on it, I had, there were, you know, the benefits that I didn't really expect, like I had lots of energy and I slept really well and my dig- digestion was really good. And that's why I just kind of kept going on it. So. Right. It's a good incentive. Um, mm-hmm. um, what's your secret to transform regular recipes into paleo recipes? Oh my gosh! Uh, basically, seventy percent fail rate. <laughs> uh, make up recipes and a thirty percent success rate. It's just like keep trying things and trying things and trying things. Um, and then my kind of obsession with chemistry and science uh, mm-hmm. really helps with it because right. what happens is you know there's all of these. I think I counted the paleo flowers once and there's like 20 different paleo like flower substitutes out there i think people Mm -hmm. mostly think that it's just almond flour coconut flour that's it there's also cassava flour and there's weird ones like plantain flour and cricket Mm -hmm. flour which i am a little bit afraid to try yet but i'm going to do that one next Mm -hmm. um and learning the different chemical makeups of those flowers so there's a lot of protein in this flower and there's a lot of like healthy fats in that flower in coconut flour, there's a ton of fiber and understanding what a baked good needs to, because I love baking specifically, mm-hmm. uh, what a baked good needs to rise and to have a good texture and kind of replicating that chemical makeup with flowers that don't have gluten in them. Uh, so it's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of time um, and it's a lot of just passion for just cooking and, and eating. <laughs> you, you just like to play with your food. That's it. Basically, yeah. Just, yeah, just have to admit it. It makes um, me playing with my food. So the trick, because I'm also a, a baker. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, in, in the past life, I was a master baker. Yeah. Um, what do you uh, use to replace gluten? How do you keep your baked goods from falling apart since gluten is not there to hold it together? Right. Um, so it's basically a, it's a combination of protein and fiber and a little bit of starch. So it depends. I think for me, I identify what it, what is the gluten doing in this recipe? So for an example, uh, bread, right? Uh, in bread, the function of gluten is to create an elasticity and to bind it together. Cause sometimes even bread, you don't even have eggs. When you make a paleo bread, you want to replace that binding power that is in there with the uh, with the gluten. So what I do is I add more eggs, I add a little bit more starch, and mm-hmm. I add a little bit more fiber, and that comes together to create an effect that's very similar. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you use any binders, like any gum or um, anything like this? Yeah, so I try to stay away from that as much as I can, just because I think a lot of people are sensitive to it like xanthan gum mm. i can't remember what it what it comes from but i know it's kind of it can be it's a little a, bit irritating it's a genetically engineered from corn yeah exactly yeah. and corn you know is not paleo because it's a grain yeah. um there's gore gum which i think is from a bean which is also not, paleo. <clears throat> right. also not paleo so then um i like to use um i don't know if you've ever used psyllium husk before um, that's pretty good. It's just the husk of a seed. Um, okay. So not necessarily, it's, it can be irritating to some people, but it's like less so than xanthan gum or gorgum. Um, mm. I do 
What is it called again? Uh, psyllium husk. It's oh, psyllium. Yeah, that's what people. That's what people take when they are constipated, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and that kind of binding quality is what kind of binds the breads and stuff. Um, okay. That I like to use in more low-carb breads and low-carb stuff because psyllium, you know, doesn't really have carbs in it. Um, mm-hmm. If I can, I prefer to use a little bit higher carb and, and add some tapioca or some arrowroot. It's a little bit less irritating uh, to people a lot of the time, um, and that has very much the same effect. You can actually substitute uh, tapioca starch for psyllium husk in, in mm. like a one, one to 1. 1.5 ratio in a lot of recipes that call for psyllium if you don't want to use that. Right. So those are kind of the binders that I use. Okay. Sounds like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> so um, I understand you already published um, books, ebooks, right? Can yes, you tell us about it? Yeah, totally. So the first ebook I ever published, I think I started writing that thing like at 14 and I didn't publish it till I was 16 because I'm like, it has to be perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's called grain free family favorites, which is a bit of a mouthful to say. Um, But it's, it's like 70 or 75 recipes. And I, and I kind of formulate that one for families. Like I live in a family of five. I have a twin brother, a little sister, my mom and dad, and um, they like very traditional foods that are also healthy, kind of healthy fried stuff. Uh, so I had like spaghetti in there and I have some pancakes for breakfast. And so I divided it between breakfast, lunch, dinner and snacks. And I think desserts. And then I have what I call kitchen essentials, which mm-hmm. are things my family likes to make and then use in recipes. So there's mm-hmm. like homemade mayonnaise, which is super easy. Um, broth, things like that. Spice mm-hmm. mixes. I even have a seasoned salt recipe. So right. That's that book. And then I have um, two other ebooks, um, Paleo Mug Muffins and Paleo Mug Muffins 2. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I am busy, have a lot going on. I like to um, make things that are quick. So a mug muffin, or actually, I think a lot of times people call them a mug cake, but you mix a lot of times it's like an egg, some whatever paleo flour, some mix in, some sweetener, or whatever, and you microwave it in like a little ramkin. If you don't like the microwave, you can bake it. And I became obsessed with them because there's so many things you can do. You can make sandwich bread. You can make whatever birthday cake I've done. um, One time I made a bunch of little chocolate cakes and I served them to my friends for breakfast on the sleepover. Um, And they were all paleo friendly. So Mm. that's what those cookbooks are for. Do you, um, do you create your own flour mix or do you um, just mix them as, as you need them uh, depending on the recipe? Right. I definitely, mix them as I need them just because I feel like every recipe is a little bit different and requires something a little bit different. So um, I know that there are, are bloggers out there who have their flour mix and I think that's awesome. I, um, I joke that I'm a control freak. So I'm like, I need to have it perfect every time. Um, so that's why I do the individual flowers kind of each time um, I make something. And then the other reason I do that is because a lot of people who follow my blog are allergic to like everything, allergic to coconut, allergic to nuts. Mm. So I want to create recipes that even people who are allergic to most paleo flowers um, are able to eat. Mm. How many followers do you have uh, on the social media? Um, what do I have right now? I think it's like, I want to say it's like 30,000 kind of all together. Um, right, and that right. would, so, and that wouldn't include like, a, you know, the Pinterest group boards and things, but I think it's about 30,000 um, 
around this time, which, you know, it's like every time I kind of hit a milestone, I'm just so thankful to all my followers. Yeah. Cause I never thought, I remember one time when I hit like a hundred likes on Facebook mm-hmm. and I'm like, Oh my gosh, a hundred people want to want to make my recipes. And it's just amazing uh, how many, how many people follow it. And, and it's, and it's, I could not do what I do without the followers. So that's awesome. Which is great that um, you feel you actually are helping other people. Yeah. Yeah. I love, love to help other people. And I think, you know, that kind of, or, um, kind of that drive is because people in my family have a lot of food allergies. So like my dad can't eat eggs and my sister can't eat coconut. And I know a lot of people can't eat nuts or uh, other things like uh, dairy is a big one. And to be able to make something for them that they can eat that tastes good is so rewarding because a lot of times people have to cut stuff out of the diet and they actually become somewhat depressed because they're like, I can't eat anything good anymore. And it's not true. You can, you can totally yes. eat good stuff, you know, and that's why I put out the recipes that way people don't have to uh, do, do so much trial and error as I do because it's a lot. But once I put that out there, there it is, you buy the stuff, you make it. And um, it just makes it, you know, a lot easier to that transition period of like, I can't eat anything. No, here's some bread and here's some cake for your birthday. And here's some waffles in the morning. And, and I think that it's, you know, it's awesome. Also for low carb, I do a lot of low carb stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you can definitely make low carb stuff that is just as good as, right. uh, as normal. Right. Right. Um, I know you're still young, but, um, have you noticed, uh, an increase in people with food allergies? Because it seems to be more and more prevalent nowadays. Uh, in my days, never heard of food allergies ever. Right, exactly. I have noticed actually because, and I think it's actually because even because I'm young, because um, a lot of people my age and then younger, kind of like the you know grade school age, um, the amount of food allergies, like it's it's crazy. I um, actually volunteer at my church and with uh, it's a group of three to five year olds, and there's two kids in this uh, group of a dozen kids who have food allergies, mm-hmm. and it's. Um, definitely becoming more prevalent. And I think a lot of people who are kind of like my parents age or a little older are kind of finding out that they have stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. I have one family member who recently figured out he has celiac disease and he, uh, you know, is like my dad's age. And, you know, I think the earlier you find the stuff out, the better you can feel. And so I think it's a good thing that there's more, uh, that there's more awareness of it for sure. So, so do you think that uh, what's your, impression of the reasons behind all these food allergies yeah i think it's i think it's multifactorial for sure um i think that um it's because we have here in america like especially we have so many we have so much refined foods and we don't really keep our guts kind of uh healthy in the gut the gut microbiome and i think a lot of things tend to start there um and if you just eat carbs or, or not even carbs, but like grains, right? Empty carbs, refined white bread so often in your life where you eat so much of one thing. I think there's so much celiac because we eat so much of it, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not just we eat wheat. Sometimes it's like we have our cereal for breakfast and now we have our bread for lunch and now we have our breadsticks and spaghetti. It's every meal. It's like the mm-hmm. base of our diet. And I think when you do that and you don't have a balance in your diet and you don't, and you were hyper, um, 
sanit- we sanitize everything. We don't have any good bacteria anywhere. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that it's a recipe for, for intolerances and allergies. Right. Now, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Are you in college? I'm not actually. Oh, okay. um, I have considered going to college, um, but right now I'm just kind of doing the the business and the uh, the blogging and the cooking uh, for sure. I do have my my brothers in college. I have some friends in college, um, and I've considered going. But yeah, I have not in college right now. Okay, and the reason I ask is uh, basically. So I'm I'm going to rephrase the the question is uh, how is it for someone new age to hang out with your peers and, um, you know, uh, deal with your food allergies and, and your life and your paleo life. How is right. it uh, with your peers, your friends, your girlfriends, so on and so forth? Sure. Yeah, no, it can be, it can be interesting sometimes because, you know, like I'll have my friends still talking about, well, we don't want to have bacon this morning because there's too much fat in that. And I'm like, I'm not going to eat bread this morning because there's too many carbs in that, you know? Um, <clears throat> so it's just kind of like, they definitely approach food from a really different perspective. Um, I've definitely, I definitely grew up. I um, was actually homeschooled, um, but mm-hmm. I did go to a homeschool group kind of thing. And so we'd all eat lunch together and all this stuff. And I would bring like, uh, scrambled eggs or something like really, you know, and everyone else had their like wonder bread sandwiches or whatever. And they'd be like, what's that? That's weird. You know? And I think that part of it is just um, being willing to answer questions and to tell people, well, this is eggs and here's some, uh, and here's some spices that are in it. And here's all of the stuff rather than getting embarrassed. Or I think I did a lot of like, no, 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 it's fine. Don't talk to me about, you know, and it's okay to be like, well, it's yeah, yeah. And it's okay. would you like to try some? And it's pretty yeah. good. Um, <clears throat> I think the, also the issue with young people and people in college is we're super busy. Like people my age don't even eat really three squares uh, meals a day. It's more of like, well, I didn't eat breakfast this morning. So now I'm going to go get fast food and it's probably going to be a donut, you know, and that's mm. kind of how. So I think um, <clears throat> something that I'd like to kind of expand in in my blog is like the quick recipes and the mm. things that are make ahead and i think if you mm. can find those like crock pot recipes and make ahead like waffles you can make some waffles on the weekend and toast them mm. or pancakes and mm. the quick things and it makes it easier to uh to eat food and also be involved in college and be able to work or whatever you know, all the things that, that we're involved in when we're young. Um, <clears throat> but I think, you know, I definitely have friends who've gone gluten-free because of me, who've gone paleo because of me. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and it wasn't me being the paleo evangelist. And, you know, here's, here's the paleo solution. Here's this, here's that. It was just, <clears throat> here's what I'm eating, you know? Mm-hmm. And here's why. Or would you like to try some, you know? I have a, I have a book idea for you. How about a... Um a paleo cookbook for college students. That is an awesome idea. I think I probably yeah. will do that because, you yeah. know, because they need something. I mean, they can, they can even cook in their room. Like all right. they need, all they need is a stove. I personally never use microwave, but mm-hmm. you know, um, so yeah. there's, there's uh, an idea for your next cookbook. Yeah, I love that idea, actually, because I think there's so many obstacles to eating healthy. Um, <clears throat> oh, and the other one for being a college student is you don't have any money. And so you're like, right. well, all I can eat is rice cakes or whatever, you know. Oh, and, oh ramen, ramen noodles. 
for that. Yep, yeah. exactly. Um, but it's, it, I mean, you know, I know people who, I mean, our family, family of five, we eat paleo <clears throat> or, um, you know, sometimes a little rice or something, but um, it's pretty paleo. And it does not break the bank as long as you know where to shop and what to do. Yeah. And buying, buying a bulk, having a freezer yeah. is awesome. You know, so there's definitely a lot of ways to do that. Right. And, and nowadays it's a lot easier because you have so many paleo products available and bars. And uh, I mean, even for me, when I'm driving for rideshare companies, uh, I, I carry uh, uh, protein bars in my car and that's my lunch. Right. Then that's awesome. Um, you know, it kind of reminds me of when I went to Paleo FX. And uh, right. first, I, I've only been to Paleo FX once, um, but I think it was like the fourth or fifth one. And the first one that they did, there were like 12 vendors that were selling Paleo bars or Paleo flowers or whatever. And now, like, the vendor floor was, there were so many. Like, I didn't even get to visit all of them. Yeah. Um, and they were, they had to turn people away. They couldn't even have everyone that they wanted to have mm. uh, there. Yeah. And it's, paleo bars and paleo flowers and paleo snacks and um i think sometimes that stuff can be also a little bit expensive um mm. which is why i have protein yeah. bar recipes on my blog and snack recipes that you can make in bulk a big pan of it or a big batch right right and then have it you know throughout right. the week right. and it's easy now uh, for this year they double the space paleo effects i know because i live in austin and i'm uh, i'm volunteering with them okay yeah <clears throat> So I've been going ever since the beginning. I've been a volunteer since the beginning. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. how I met Sadie, actually, last year. I met her at, uh, oh. at the uh, the first uh, dinner because I'm, I'm uh, volunteering with the dinners at night. So I get to mingle and talk to people and um, hand them my card and ask them if they want to come on the show. And that's how I met Sadie. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Isn't it fun? I loved it so much. It yeah. Awesome. It's great. It's coming up two weeks. I know it's craziness. I, yeah. I would go, but I have, I have a lot going on with the blog and stuff right, right now and I can't make it, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was an awesome experience for sure. All right. Uh, Mark, your turn. My turn already. That was quick. <laughs> <laughs> you obviously speak very fast, Heather. <laughs> Excellent. Um, when it was sort of revisit something first, mm -hmm. I mean, you, you said you, you didn't spend too much time being a paleo evangelist and that sort of thing. <laughs> but how, how did you pass on your enthusiasm, particularly to sort of family members? Because, sure. you know, the prophet, prophet is never welcome in their own town or village. So that must sure. have been a bit difficult. It was. Um, it was just, I think a lot of times people watch you more than they listen to you. You know, a lot of times, like, you can say go paleo, do this, do that, do the other thing. Um, but for me, it was, I focused on what I'm doing, doing that the best of my ability. And then I had more energy. I felt better. <clears throat> I didn't have headaches so much. Um, I was sleeping. And I think people see that and then they're like, oh, well, that would be nice, right? That would be a good thing. Uh, and then I think the other aspect of it was, I think people hear about paleo and they're like, well, all you eat is ground beef and that's it. You know, like you eat nothing else. That's it. Maybe some vegetables, but mostly beef. And then I would make, you know, like spaghetti with spaghetti squash or I'd make brownies with almond flour and they would be good. They would taste good. And then they would eat them and they'd be like, this is grain free. This is, you can eat food that tastes good on this. And that was, I think that's kind of the missing piece because people see this makes people feel good. 
and you can eat food that tastes good. Yeah. That's about all you need, you know, and then it's not, it's, it's a lot, it's easier than people think it is. And it's a, and it makes you feel better than people think that it's going right. to be. Sure. There's a lot of misconceptions out there. And uh, as a chef nutritionist, I've always uh, used my experience as a chef to make food that tastes great, but it's also either paleo or gluten free or so. Right. So, um, yeah, I understand your point of view is definitely, um, uh, how it should be there's no reason why if you're on a diet that the food should taste horrible right exactly right. yeah there's there's no reason at all and i think honestly like this idea of there's this idea that well food is healthy that means it tastes bad and if it is not healthy well then it's good that's i feel like that's kind of a newer ish concept you know mm -hmm. we haven't had refined foods for that long yeah and now we've got this idea, but it's not true. People ate back before there was refined anything, GMO, anything. People ate food that tastes good. You know, yeah. it's just been a thing for a really long time. So yeah. we're just kind of getting back to that. Yes. Super job. Now, obviously, one of the things that you might come across more than, uh, than many is the problem of eating out. How do you get over that type of that type of problem? Right. Um, yeah, because especially the biggest issue with eating out is every restaurant uses either soybean oil or canola oil or corn oil or, um, you know, something ter terrible like that. Right. So um, for me, I find that the best thing to do is find the salads, um, find the, you know, and you can ask them when they make the salad to not put on the croutons, to not put on the cheese or whatever you can't eat um, and just to say that and then no dressing and do you guys have olive oil and vinegar and a lot of people do a lot of them will have that um, you can also get like a little thing of olive oil and have it in your purse or whatever mm. and be like look around like okay but you know like <laughs> it's completely fine because you're still buying the salad you're still paying for it um, right. and, uh, and if you're okay with getting a little bit of kind of omega-6 stuff like once in a while you're not eating out, you know, every day. You can get um, like the steak and say instead of the potatoes or instead of the bread or instead of whatever it is, can I have veggies or double veggies or mm. a side salad um, and some water with lemon? It's completely possible uh, to eat out without uh, without right. going off too much of paleo anyway. You don't have to get the pizza. You don't have to get. There's a lot of different options, and I think and most places will make. Uh, we'll make those substitutions. If you're nice about it, if you say, you know, I have the sensitivity to this, to that, the other thing, uh, you tip them well and, and that's, and it's good. So. Right. You live in California, right? No, I actually live in Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so you, you, uh, because I was thinking, well, in California it's a lot easier than, uh, maybe in the Midwest, but so. The Midwest uh, so, is difficult. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> So, so Wisconsin is uh, that we have that this is beer and cheese and potatoes land right. uh, and, and, and meat and corn and, and meat and corn. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's the, and the meat is probably mostly a lot of there's a lot of feedlot meat here. There's a lot yeah, of yeah. GMO corn. Okay. Corn syrup is like, you know, in everything. Check your pockets. There's corn syrup there. It's everywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and so, yeah, it definitely is, is a good bit harder. And that's why um, I like to find there's certain restaurants that are going to be better than others. So um, here we have a fast. There's actually a fast food restaurant here that I sometimes eat at. Uh, it's called Culver's. And um, 
the, and actually my dad used to mow Mr. Culver's lawn. Like this is like a local ish thing in the Midwest. Um, and, um, they will, they have like burgers that are hundred percent beef. There's nothing else added and you can get it without a bun and you can get it with extra veggies. You can get stuff that makes it easier. Um, and then there are a lot of cafes, like a lot of like kind of hole in the wall things over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people there are really nice. They're the owners. They want to make you happy. And so they are actually pretty willing to make substitutions for you. And, you know, and also look online beforehand. Most of them have websites. You can call them and be like, Hey, can you substitute this, that, the other thing? And if they can't, you know, there's probably other options. There's a little cafe. It's actually a coffee shop. And it's just like a it's super tiny. It's called the Deli Bean. It's in the town of like 9,000 people here because, you know, nobody lives here. And um, they have gluten-free wraps. Now, it's not paleo. It's not perfect, but they have it. And it's mm-hmm. there. And they're like really tiny. And um, it's, it's impressive. It's, it's becoming a bigger thing. It's becoming a bigger issue. And so the smaller uh, kind of businesses, the more remote stuff are having to make those substitutions and give those options. So I guess you don't have a Whole Foods market next door. <laughs> nope, definitely not. Um, I live out uh, in the base of the middle of nowhere. Our neighbors are cows, literally. Like there's a fence mm. and we will pet the cows. Like that's right. our right. neighbors. Um, yeah, the Whole Foods market is like an hour and 10 minutes away from me. Um, right. my base, I don't really even ever go there, actually, because it's pretty expensive. Yeah. Uh, there is a health food store like 30 minutes away from me which mm-hmm. is about how far everything is away. And so we go to town once a week and right. we buy things uh, from, you know, we'll get kind of, we will go to like the supermarkets, like the normal stuff, but then for the gluten-free things, the flowers, the more organic, we'll go to that store. And I think that again, as the demand becomes bigger and there's more mm-hmm. like people need, want this, um, right. it becomes available. So do you, do you find it difficult to find uh, real grass fed beef? like uh, the real thing it actually is not too hard here because this is cow land um yeah. there's a lot of it's actually a lot of amish and mennonite people here and a lot okay. of the, and a lot of them will raise grass-fed beef okay uh, there's a lot of people who uh, will raise just like you know six cows i we have friends actually there is mm-hmm. like six cows every year and it's grass-fed and they sell it to their friends and because this is kind of cow land you're able to do that um mm-hmm. I would think that it would be probably harder in a place where, you know, it's more metropolitan and it's a city. Um, in that case, you have places like, I don't know if you guys have ever shopped at thrivemarket.com. Um, they have. Uh, oh, oh yes, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. yeah. So there's things like that. There's U.S. wellness meats. Um, there's uh, a lot of like grass fed. Oh, there's butcher box. That's really good. They do. They will send you it's like a subscription service right. to meet like that's mm-hmm. grass fed and it's awesome. And so there's right. options uh, for either one. Um, but usually we have our, we have our chest freezer. We buy half a cow uh, and that's how we eat our meat. Okay. Okay. Super job. Good. You might run us through your books a minute because you've got quite a few, haven't you? Um, yes. Yeah, so I have um, the grain free family favorites and then I have um, paleo mug muffins one, paleo mug muffins two. Um, and then, uh, 
talking about grass-fed beef, there's a lot of grass-fed beef recipes in, uh, in Green Free Family Favorites 1. But actually, uh, the Green Free Family Favorites 1 is great because it's actually on Amazon Kindle. So people have their Amazon Kindles, they have their tablets, that's really good. And then the Paleo Mug Muffins, I specifically made in a PDF form. So you can print out like one page and there's the recipe and then it, and then the picture's on um, I think it's on the page, but it's like small, so it doesn't take a lot of printer ink. And so you can have that in your kitchen and mark it up and do all of those things to make it. I really want to make eating healthy easy for people. And that's so that's why I have the book. Great idea. I mean, yes. you, you said earlier that you're going to be quite busy this year, so you're not going to pay the effects. Are you going to be going anywhere else this year that people might sort of be able to come along and say hi? Right. Um, no, I'm basically pretty much around around here in, in Wisconsin doing um, – I might be doing, actually, I might be doing a cooking class. Um, there's a little store in uh, <laughs> Baraboo, Wisconsin, 10,000 people there, but it is going to be a, I mean, I might be doing a cooking class uh, and it's just in a little store called Becca Cates, beccacates.com. And I can give the link to that. Um, but yeah, so I teach the last one I did. I think I did like, it was in January. And so I did like a healthy eating one. So it's like just, healthy, clean stuff. I do want to do at some point a paleo or gluten-free, grain-free baking class. Mm -hmm. uh, so if anyone is around the area or will be in the area at some point, I'm not sure when it'll be uh, exactly, but I do sometimes do classes over there. Right. So I have a question. Uh, you say you're not going to college, but um, you, you're leaning towards what? Becoming more like a, a nutritionist? or more like a scientist or more like a chef? Right. I would say more like a chef. Uh, I definitely enjoy the cooking part of it. And I think, you know, a lot of people do like the nutritionist stuff and they do the di the dietitian stuff. And I've considered doing that. Um, but I think I've really found my passion in bringing the science and the nerdy stuff to the kitchen to people who uh, may, maybe might not be such a nerd or a geek as, as I am and to bring that to them. So I definitely want to keep, keep doing that and keep bringing healthy food uh, to people's kitchens and mm -hmm. doing the blog. I do some like freelance writing and things like that. I would like to write another, I really, I actually really like your idea of the college paleo cookbook and might, might steal that. Yeah, um, that's but, fine. <laughs> okay. I'm done. I've, I've written seven books. I'm, I'm taking yeah. a break now. <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's what I would really like to do is just to continue doing what I'm doing to expand it, to bring it to other platforms, um, just that all that chef, chef in the kitchen. So. so when you become a chef, let us know and we'll talk again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Super chef. So where can people find out about you? Um, so I have my blog, cookitupaleo.com. Um, and then I have Facebook, which is facebook.com slash cookitupaleo. Pinterest is the pinterest.com, cookitupaleo. Um, I have Instagram, which is Instagram, cookitupaleo. Um, and then actually on Instagram, there's a little underscore in between each of the words. So it's not just one. Um, and then I'm on Twitter, which is the same. And then I have my um, cookbooks, which to find my books, you can go to um, coconutpaleo.com. It might be under a drop down, but it's in the menu and it just says my books or my ebooks. And you can right. click there and on there, there'll be all the links to all of the ebooks. Super job. Super Do you have uh, anything you want to add? Um, I just want to say, you know, to anyone listening, like if you're just starting out eating healthy, starting out eating paleo, 
Don't be afraid to mess around in the kitchen. Don't be afraid to make mistakes as you cook because like it's just food and you learn something. So it's not a waste. So just uh, experiment in the kitchen and have fun. Right. And whatever you uh, mess up, give it to the pigs. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again, Heather, for being on the Low Carb Paleo Show and sharing your story and your, you know, your experiments with us. And like we say in Texas, I was so sante, y'all. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's been super fun. It's, it's been, been a brilliant chat with you. It's been our pleasure. <laughs>